that that you can't necessarily detect this stuff right and so then that's the cat and mouse we're starting to see is like people creating the detectors and then you see people saying well here's how you get around the detector you know and there's even ai that's specifically for generating something just to get right it's like how do you get yeah how do you keep up with that let's go Are you ready? <laughs> I'm ready. All right. Welcome to the Pubcast with John Loomer. And um, my name is Luke Elliott. I am not on the Pubcast all the time. I'm here just as a, a side person today as we're going to go into one of the, the topics that I'm really interested in. Specifically, we're going to delve into the exciting world of artificial intelligence. Today, we'll be discussing one of the most cutting edge AI models, ChatGPT and how it's being used to generate text in a wide range of applications. We'll also explore the endless possibilities of generative AI from creating realistic images, videos, and audio to the potential of AI-generated art and entertainment. But as with any revolutionary technology, there are important ethical issues to consider, as well as the potential for disruption across numerous industries. So join us as we explore the past, present, and future of AI and its impact that it's going to have on the world. So, John, the intro... Where do you think that intro came from? Did you write have uh, ChatGPT write that for I you? might have. Yeah, yeah. I might have. <laughs> That's good stuff. That's the kickoff. Yeah. Yeah, no. Th- thanks for, for joining me, Luke, and for introing. Um, I know that's the, the big thing right now is ChatGPT and AI and what are we going to do as marketers? I, I joked about this on LinkedIn yesterday that I feel like this is like the most united any of my social media feeds have been ever about a topic. And it's just like, and I know this is like, cause we're a bunch of nerds. Cause I don't think the main, the mainstream is doing this, but everybody's talking about chat GPT, not even because we're all like AI nerds that understand the stuff. It's just, I think marketers know that this is important. Well, I think it's beyond marketers too, right? I yeah. mean, that's that's what I'm noticing a lot. And and I know it's, you know, it's not really like scientific, my analysis of who's talking about it right now, but but I've seen it everywhere. Um, and I know it's like even people who are in my kind of personal circles who aren't usually into this kind of mm. thing, they at least know what it is. And um, usually when I talk about this kind of stuff, like they have no idea what I'm talking about, you know, and it's it does seem to have really reached a different threshold. I ended up making a post on LinkedIn um, a couple of weeks ago because, you know, a lot of what I do is I look at what does go on in the world and trends and everything. And and I just decided to look at like the difference in search related to AI. And during this most recent period, it's absolutely exploded. And it's um, primarily driven by ChatGPT, but just the general interest and the general conversation about AI it's just it's it's you can tell this has really unlocked a different uh, a different type of conversation than what was happening before for sure. Absolutely, I mean, even beyond it's like I know something's big once it does go beyond like my business connections, and I start seeing it more within like my main Facebook feed. Because you're right, it's not just the marketers. Teachers were one of the first people I started seeing posts from yep. teacher friends. Uh, for obvious reasons and yeah. it's exciting it's scary um but i think most uh very disruptive technology 
is a kind of a combination of both. Like, absolutely. How how are we gonna I guess control this? You know, how are people gonna use it for bad? Um, all kinds of things. But I mean, what, one reason I you know I definitely want to talk to you about this today is like I mean I know that you're deep in into this topic. It's 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 something you're curious about. I'm curious about it, but it overwhelms me because like there's so much out there right now. Um, I've dug into it a little bit. I've even written about it, but I'm kind of surface level. And what are some of the things that, that you've been learning that you've found surprising that you're excited about? Oh my gosh. So, yeah. um, I mean, just, just focusing in on chat GPT, I know we're going to talk more about some, some general AI stuff, but I think what's, what surprised me most about the tool is that no matter what kind of weird use case I think of, and I just try it out, it gives me something that at least can somewhat be used for whatever I'm asking it to do. Like I haven't asked it for mm -hmm. something that, and it's just been like stumped or it's given me a response that makes absolutely no sense. It's always at least directionally in the area of what I'm interested in. And more so, a lot of times it's like spot on for whatever I'm asking it about. Um, and I've, I've asked it like all kinds of stuff. Uh, yeah. I mean, and that's the number one thing I would say for anybody who's, who hasn't tried it yet. And that's what I keep suggesting to, to my friends and people. I'm like, you just, you just got to try it because one of the things that I think uh, is most remarkable about it is like, it feels very natural. And of course it's a natural language processing system. So that's mm -hmm. that's not um, unusual that it would feel that way, but it feels the the interface feels different than any kind of chat uh, bot interface that I've ever experienced ever, and it's it's really difficult to describe. Um, even though like you can see these pe people do these examples and you can watch videos of people asking it questions and it generating these responses and all this kind of stuff, just try it because you'll be really surprised by what you can do with it. And I think what's really interesting to me is like, uh, because a lot of the communities I'm in are, are people who are more into this AI thing and they're a bit more like deeper into it. There are things that can do that it that you wouldn't necessarily know, but you can ask it to do if you know that you can ask it to do those things. Um, so for example, this is uh, something that I just recently learned about is um, something called a temperature setting in it. Have you seen or heard anything about this temperature setting temperature setting that doesn't sound familiar to me at all so it's a score from zero to one and basically like the way it was explained is zero is like the most straightforward sort of matter of fact and one is like the most creative and inventive and you can ask it to give a response anywhere along that score range. And someone said that they, they from what they learned, it's like its default is sort of like somewhere in the middle, like 0.5. But so, for example, you could ask it a question and say, respond to me in the temperature setting of zero. And it's going to be just super straightforward, like kind of basing it on existing information, not combining lots of things um, in, in creative new ways. Or you can say, tell me this with the temperature setting of one, and it's going to you, from what I've seen, the responses are usually a little bit longer um, in a mm. lot of cases, but they're also more like kind of using like just different types of language. It's a little bit hard to describe, but that's one yeah. like the reason I use that as an example is it kind of reminds me of um, we're going to have sort of these scenarios where it's kind of like Google. Anybody knows how to use Google, right? Anybody can search. 
And I think this interface is like that too. And then there are going to be more right. like advanced uses or advanced users. And if you know these tips and tricks and different ways to use the system, like, you know, I, I kind of consider myself like a power user of Google, like Google's my best friend for a lot of things, but I also use lots of little tricks. Like for example, if I wanted to, to search just your site, you know, you can do your search and then you say site colon johnloomer.com and it's just going to search your site. And like, that's a thing that like not a lot of people necessarily realize you can do and just, you know, little tips yeah. and tricks like that. I think we're going to see a lot of that kind of stuff come through here. So it's not like um, there won't still be opportunities to, to like have a more optimized experience if you're, if you're a bit more knowledgeable about the interface, but like that, I, I just love like that you can even do that. Mm -hmm. And another kind of thing that, that was kind of, just i don't I, I mean i should have expected this maybe but but i was even asking it like how would i interact with its api to do certain tasks mm -hmm. and it was able to explain to me step by step how i would do that and wow. like that's just it's very <laughs> meta <laughs> you know right, meta right, right. in terms of the actual definition of the word not the yeah. branded company or metaverse or any of these other things right but um and, and I think that that's some of the most surprising stuff that I've seen people sharing are sort of along those lines of kind of this meta thing. But I know you've been interacting with it a lot for different things. What are what are some right. of the, the use cases you've been using? Well, um, primarily for brainstorming, uh, also just testing it to see if it can give me what I think is a correct answer. Um, I've had to generate some blog post titles. I've given it content of a blog post I've written and say, Hey, give me three blog post title ideas. But I think as I've under, come to understand this a little bit more, we were just talking about, um, where I've been learning some of my stuff from lately is Rachel Wood on, on TikTok. I think I got mm, her last name. She's great. Yeah. She really simplifies this stuff and it helped because it's kind of changed the way I, I look at like the quote unquote weaknesses of it because initially is I was looking at it primarily as like a, an answer machine, right? Ask it a question, give me an answer. Oh, that's wrong. So it's still not working properly. And that's, and she's helped me understand that that's not, that's not the purpose of it. That's not the way it's been trained. It's, it's not intended to be factual. It's, it's supposed to give you, predictive answers based on the information it's been given period and now there may be uh additional technology layered on top of it uh to make sure it's factual which i think in itself could be some pretty powerful amazing stuff but i think that's one of the first things like initially i, I was looking to use it for is like uh tell me how to do this or, you know, give me, give me the answer to whatever, you know, kind of like a Google, um, but without a source in a lot of, in a lot of ways. Um, but that was kind of my misunderstanding because basically, because I've been trained to, to use Google in that kind of way all these years. But uh, so, yeah, that, that's been a, a bit of a retraining for me. Glug, glug, glug. Yeah. And I, I think one of the, this, like, I should have started out with this. I shouldn't have had Chat GPT write the intro, by the way, but I just kept refreshing. <laughs> um, but I, at the risk of over, like stating, I think this is the most significant shift that um, I've 
experienced in, I'm 38 years old, apart from the internet, um, sort of coming out. And like, I know people are like, oh, shiny new toy, shiny new toy. And chat GPT is the shiny new toy, but the underlying capability and technology that it's illustrating is not a shiny new toy. And I kind of was trying to take it back through history of like, think about these sort of parallels, right? So like, right. All the way back to books, you know, printing press kind of thing. Limitations of that mm. was like, um, there were access to materials. Were there enough copies available? Is there a card catalog? You know, if it's a library. So there's still this thing about like information retrieval and knowledge management. That's that's like a limitation, right? And then we move forward to, to other types of media like radio. The limitations like, are you within the broadcast uh, area? Do you have the device mm-hmm. to access it? Same thing for TV, you know? And then we had cable and then it was like, can you find the stations? Are they organized? And it's like um, each of these shifts is all about sort of the way information's organized. But all of those have also been sort of tapping into information that's already existing. Right. Even the Internet was like that. Um, so, of course, when it came out, even the early days of the Internet, you had to know the specific web address or you had to know how to get to a directory. And then that web address had to be on the directory. So then we had search engines and then initially search engines were just about the text. And then we started getting these quality signals that were incorporated. That was sort of the big initial um, innovation of Google. But again, all of those, even that is still about, OK, there's existing information. How do I tap into it? This system is looking at existing information, but it's not a, It's not like, here's all of the different things you're interested in. It's like, no, we're going to take what could be of interest to you. We're going to generate something completely new based on that hmm. in a way that answers whatever need you have. And I think that that's like huge. You know, it's not about a system that's just directing you to knowledge, it's actually producing knowledge that doesn't exist necessarily, at least in that form. And I think this is, of course, the text one. We've got all the other examples that everybody's kind of interested in, whether it's video AI or audio AI or um, you know, vi- uh, image AI, whatever. Yeah, Again, but that all stuff sort of is based- crazy in itself. I mean, that's, I feel like that's all happening at the same time. Absolutely. And, you know, it's like, we're we're at a we're at a a place today like today you can do this right yeah you could say write a kid's book about i don't know there's a black cat on the bed behind me right now so he's on top of my mind write a kid's <laughs> book about a black cat becoming friends with a pig it's going to you know say cover these five points and it's going to generate that you could do that in chat gpt and then you could say go to dali again from open ai mm-hmm. the same company right you could say illustrate it you know right. like give me these this is the 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 story i want you can take the output of chat gpt create a picture based on this like again completely from nothing you've now got uh i know it's kind of circling back to i was talking about books as the initial knowledge i didn't go all the way back to hieroglyphics right. but <laughs> but um you've got this the system and and that's crazy And people who I think have been in this AI space for a while, they're like, well, this is not new. The methods are not new, but we've never had a system like this that everyone was able to access. And I think that's the fundamental difference. Right. And like, it's just, it's like you said in the beginning, it's, it's, it's exciting. It's scary. Um, And I think we're going to, and I'm sure we'll talk a bit, a lot about that. Uh, There are a lot of ethics issues that are going to come up and, 
just like all of these crazy disruptive technologies, we are not ready for this. Cheers. Now, as as someone who's who has a blog post or blog that has generated, I've generated eleven hundred ish, if not more than that, blog posts over ten years. Like all the work that went into that to get traffic, knowing that someone could theoretically uh, put together a website with more traffic than that in a matter of a few days, maybe um, with technology, and maybe it's pretty darn good. Maybe the content's good. Maybe it's arguably as good, if not better, you know, and, uh, that, so that's a little, little scary to think about. Um, but I think if we take off our creator, uh, hats for a second, uh, when thinking about that, I'd also ask the question, does it matter? Right. Um, so if someone did that and created a website that was really good, it was entirely gen generated by, um, Chat GPT. Now there could be a question of plagiarism in terms of stealing it from Chat GPT. I guess right that they're not getting any any of that credit. But um, does it matter? Does a user care if it's generated by a human or not? If they're not able to detect it, would they be mad if they find out it's AI? Well, I mean, and you just mentioned creating a website, but I think it's the the big question is like, do you even need a website? If it's like creating all of this new stuff, of course, it's getting that from the internet right now. And then um, presumably some other training databases that have been built. But at what point do websites no longer matter? And I think I, I've like, I've really been trying to, I've honestly been obsessing over this. So I'm not, <laughs> it's like been like absolute top of my mind thinking about what this means for the internet. Um, because you think about like Google, right? So mm -hmm. I search Facebook advertising advice. We're going to hope John Loomer digital <laughs> website shows up in there. And, yeah. um, and then someone's going to see the, the, the little preview snippet. Um, well, not even actually, we shouldn't say snippet because that's a different thing, which we can talk about, but the, the, the little preview clip from your site that then is, they're going to click and you're going to get the traffic and you're happy and, Google's happy because they've maybe sold some ad revenue there and um, everybody's happy ish. Mm. But then there's this whole thing about uh, snippets, like the, the, the little things that are actually taken from the site. And then you, maybe the question's answered and no one's ever gone to your site. Right. right? So that's already kind of happening a little bit, yeah. but then you, you just take that and you really blow this out at scale. So what would this look like if you wanted to still incentivize creators like yourself to generate content well, maybe it's the kind of thing, again, kind of like a Google experience where someone could still interface with it. Maybe there's a sponsored result or something that could come up. But then maybe what it does is if it's pulling stuff from your site to generate its content, maybe you get some sort of ad credit or something, right? And so then you could get it almost like a mm -hmm. double click kind of network to where people who are site owners could kind of opt in to this and say, yes, you can use my site for your for your generation. Um, and then I get some sort of credit back. That said, I think that model is it's sort of based on the reality of it, the way it is today. And I think where this is going to go is maybe something completely different that I can't even really conceptualize, right? And so what does that mean for the way the internet is alive today? Because you then get into all of these scenarios where it's not just 
a chat GPT, but maybe it's other things that are generating lots of information. You know, all of these different AI systems that are essentially generating content, they're being the Johns based on, right. oh, Facebook has released an update. Let me write an update article distilling this down. You could right. have an AI that does that somewhere, right? Yeah. And this is where I feel like the AI itself uh, breaks my brain a little bit um, because I don't fully understand how the AI was initially trained. Um, I know it was fed data, fed lots of information, whether that means it was on the internet or, or what. I assume going forward, because I know it only goes up through 2021, going forward, it's probably going to be learning There'd be versions of this connected to the internet and learning from new content that's created. So you talk about how, you know, maybe there's a future where there's no websites, whatever, but it has to have content though, right? I mean, that's how it's going to collect data, collect information to continue to learn. Because if we go in this direction where the websites aren't being updated and it's not learning, it's not going to be able to keep up to date with current events. But I know I'm simplifying because there's got to, it's got to find that information somewhere. Right. But I think, and I'm probably jumping ahead decades, but mm. you could, so you think about it today, like um, a news article is written by a journalist, right? Right. And there's an editor usually going to review it. And that news article, um, in many cases, they're often written based on other news articles. Um, or if it's not, it's like a fully independent thing where someone has gone and observed an event and they have distilled it down into an article so people can understand what happened you the 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 capabilities for the technology to be to such a point in the future to where you wouldn't even have the journalists doing that anymore like you could have a camera let's say you're covering the local sports right i know you're into mm. to, to this kind of stuff yeah. imagine if your ai commentator is sitting there actually you could have the ai commentating on what's happening in the sports game and, but then you could have the AI who's actually distilling it down to tell people what happened. And then you have this search-based AI that people say, what's the latest that happened at the Dodgers game, whatever. Um, and the content was not generated by a person. It was generated by other AI. And that's kind of like where, I, like you talk about brain breaking, like that's, right that's where I think you start to get into this whole area and people always say, well, there's always going to be a, an opportunity for humans to input. And I don't disagree with that, by the way. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying this is good or this is what I want. Um, but I'm just thinking about what would that environment look like where the internet still exists, but it's not like the way we think about it. It's computers being able to talk to each other, which, you know, APIs exist today. That's computers talking to each other in many cases. Um, and, but imagine that's like the content generators are right. living in that same space as the aggregators and summarizers, like what would be happening here. Yeah. So let's, so you got my attention talking about my world there of sports. So I started thinking because right now there's sports apps where you could, maybe you're not actually watching the game, but you're following the game. So it's giving you live play by play of what's happening right now. Obviously, that's not just somebody sitting there typing it all in, but I guarantee every single event is triggered by a human saying this person shot the ball in this location, and he made it or he missed it or whatever. And that shows up in the play by play. And then you're right. 
there's every reason to believe that the AI could be used to detect what's happening, listen and watch, uh, to put together all the play-by-play, first of all, for that app. Second of all, could take that information to create a recap, an article about what actually happened. That, again, sounds great. Also sounds a little scary because, of, you know, for, okay, what's a journal? If I have a son who's, who's in uh, college right now looking to be a sports journalist that I, I'm not saying that replaces them, but that's like, okay, that's one more thing he's got to think about. So what's, what are the other things that they, that they've got to find ways to add value to leverage the technology, which again, I think is the thing we got to keep on remembering. It's not so much about it replacing us. It's like, how are you going to use it? And I think that what the scary part of that is the current environment is incentivized in a way that you would win if you can develop that kind of thing because a lot of the news coverage is who's first. Mm-hmm. You won't beat a computer right. as a human, right, in terms of speed. So then you'll start to get these kind of feedback loops where the systems that are able to start doing that stuff faster, because everybody always wants to know first, right? That's like the right. thing you want to know first. I think over the past maybe decade or so, we've had a little bit of a pendulum swing back where people are kind of pushing back against the always on kind of news stuff. Um, And that's always going to be a cultural push and pull. But if you think about who's going to get the traffic, um, which is what matters today, uh, and and that's I kind of like try to think about it as like these Venn diagrams, right? You've got kind of like the, the Venn diagram of the Internet today. And then the Venn diagram of what the this like, which is you know human and a little bit of tech together. Then you've got the the fully AI on the other side. Where's the overlap exist between the two? Is kind of in this space where it starts to inch over. The humans, the owners of these news outlets, are going to be like, I want to be first. I want to make the money. I want to get yeah. all the traffic. Yeah, let's go. How much does it cost to build the AI tool? Oh, you know, fifty thousand dollars. Well, sure. Why not? Why won't I do that? You know, and and that's where, like, I mean, it, it, like I'm, I like I said, I don't it's, I don't think it's good. You know, I, I just think it's like it's important to acknowledge the reality of what's possible and what's likely based on sort of the way things are working today. And that's the way I see it, which is maybe a little bit um, pessimistic in terms of like terms of like this capitalism driven thing. But we know that that's yeah. the way that the that a lot of this stuff is happening right now. So until sort of legislation and all of this stuff catches up, which, as we know, is going to happen, but it's also really slow. Right. And so there's mm-hmm. always this kind of um, and the, 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 the stuff about AI that I think has just kind of taken a lot of us by surprise is the speed at which this stuff is is happening right now. And it, it I always think back to the. Um, Mark Zuckerberg in the, the Senate hearings, and it's like, how does Facebook work? Oh, you know, which I know is a little yeah. bit of a meme and whatever, right. but like, you know, it's like, Senator, we, we sell ads. It's like, how do we get that? You know, how do we get, how do we get that sort of group um, up to speed in a way that it's not always fear driven? Because I think a lot of this stuff will be fear driven. That's what's going to get the headlines. But really, like, what's the true opportunity? What's the true risk what how do we take care of each other in a way that's like this stuff is is happening you know right. and i think that that's that's a scary stuff cheers it's, so from say a marketing and an advertising point of view i feel like there are two 
things here we could talk about. One is what we can do with it right now. Um, but two, understanding that this is just the early technology. I mean, they're going to be updates that to that technology. There are going to be new products that are layered on top of this technology that make better use of it, that, again, like fact check and do all these kinds of things with it. So let's start with right now. I mean, what is it that an advertiser or marketer can do with this right now to make their job easier? We always talk about the funnel in yeah. advertising, right? So if you lay out AI, generative AI, which, oh, by the way, I had, um, had ChatGPT help me generate a glossary too. So here's how oh. it defines generative AI. So I said, we're, we might talk about all these things. <laughs> a type of AI that can generate new content, such as text, images, or videos based on a set of rules or input data. So that's how it's defined. So I just mentioned it said you can have tech talk, you can um, define these terms. So there's the first example, but you have generative AI. So funnel, I'm going to initial ad, we'll use Facebook placement as an example, because that's obviously what you talk about a lot. You could use it to generate the image or the video for whatever it is you're interested. So I want to show person in front of chalkboard mm. smiling. Dolly can make that now. People still a little creepy on there, but it's going to get better. <laughs> and sometimes maybe that's not a bad thing. Maybe you get attention there. Maybe. Uh, yeah. So that's your initial content. You can say generate the message. So what's what? T give me a 240 character uh, message focused on these three key points. There you go. And so that's the initial funnel. I click it. Then I'm going to go to your website. Generate the article where uh, people are going to land. Generate the call to action at the bottom, telling people what I actually want them to do. They click on that, generate an image for wherever they are landing on your conversion page um, to where they're signing up. Same thing, generate the copy, all that kind of stuff. Like you can essentially use it to completely create an entire ad funnel from scratch. Now from scratch, meaning you still have to give it something, but, um, right. but, but you can be really super uh, general. And I think that that's, uh, I'm sure this is already happening, you know, and I, I've already suspected um, people doing this on like some uh, LinkedIn, like even their comments on things like, mm -hmm. and you can always like, you can kind of see, like you can look in someone's history and they do lots of really short, maybe one line LinkedIn comments. And suddenly they have these like very thoughtful, like, <laughs> well, well constructed five yeah. point uh, inputs for different things. And that's like the other part of marketing. So like kind of building your personal brand, whatever it may be, um, just in not even, so this, we're not even talking ad experiences, right? We're just kind of talking digital presence experiences. Mm -hmm. So you making comments on other posts, whatever it may be. That's like just a few examples. I'm sure there are many, many more, but what, what comes to your mind on there? No, absolutely. Now, I think it, it's important for anyone listening, like, oh, that sounds too easy. Like just have it generate, that the landing page content, the um, the ad content, the image, the video, whatever. Um, I think some people will get lazy with it like that and say, "Oh, you just generate this stuff and, and trust it." Kind of like what we've talked about already is like it's not trained to be correct and accurate. Um, so I think it's important to use it as a as a starting point, as a, a kind of a way to brainstorm ideas, um, generate, like, for example, then one of the ways I did it was generate three potential titles, you know, based on this content. 
and gave, gave me one that I really liked. Maybe I even edit that one, right? I mean, it's the same thing for any of this content, whether it's like, oh yeah, generate a response to this post, which I think, again, I think that sounds kind of weird, but I could, I could understand that to a point why someone would be motivated to do that. Um, for example, if you're a, a, a foreign-based marketer where English isn't your, your first language and you're trying to build a following, um, letting chat G GPT spit out your answers to stuff and, and sound as smart as possible about things and without much effort, uh, probably be pretty attractive. But uh, overall, I see it more of a, as a kind of a step one, like get breakthrough um, writer's block, for example, you know, give me some ideas uh, things I can write about, you know, what are some obstacles facing marketers right now? Okay. I'm going to write about that. Mm -hmm. Even, even if you have it, I've seen people do this, put together an outline of a training about Facebook ads or whatever it is. And it generates mm -hmm. an outline. That's a starting point. That doesn't mean that's exactly what you end up doing it on. You're not tied to it. Uh, but that's the way I see it. It's all kind of uh, starting points. Yeah. And there's, uh, we've even seen some comments in your uh, power hitters club where people are saying there's already tools that can do this. You know, it's not chat GPT wasn't the only one, but again, chat GPT was the first one we had that was like freely available. Um, but I've even seen some examples and JR um, ended up sharing us some cool TikTok examples where it's even like the spokesperson in the video who's talking. Yeah, that's weird. It's, it's and it looks really real. Like there's still a little. I mean, that's the thing is everybody's like, well, it's weird. Like, but it's weird today. It won't be <laughs> weird forever. You know, it's like and 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 it's it's already come really really far in a very short amount of time. And the more people who do this, the the better it's going to be because a lot of these things are machine learning based. What does machine learning mean? Mm -hmm. Wait just a second. Machine learning is a method of teaching computers to learn from data without being explicitly programmed. Machine learning models can be trained on a data set and use that to make predictions or decisions. They, there are techniques that include supervised learning, unsupervised learning, and reinforcement learning. All those other words are also defined in here, but I won't go into that and bore everyone to death. But um, but these things, you know, by their very nature, they get better over time with feedback, mm. essentially. And the more people that use them, the better they get. Also, the more incentive then for other developers to create stuff. And then these tools that are also being created to then make it so if you develop something, you don't have to develop it completely on your own. You're basically building it on top of another um, tool, like a chat GPT sort of base, um, based on GPT-3, whatever it may be. So um, that's what's, I think, kind of also such a huge deal is like, that, that you can't necessarily detect this stuff, right? And so then that's yeah. the cat and mouse we're starting to see is that like is. people creating the detectors. And then you see people saying, well, here's how you get around the detector, you know? And there's even AI right. that's specifically for generating something just to get around the detector. Right. And it's like, how do you that's, get, yeah, how do you keep up with that? That's a problem. And I mean, immediately when you're talking about these videos and that eventually it may you not, may not be able to detect it. I mean, I just jumped to the worst case scenarios of like misinformation and making this person say something he never said. Like, but the funny thing is like that sort of has existed already, but it's super easy to detect that. Come on, you know, they altered that video. 
Whereas now you can generate something. Um, but also think of like just the creepy stuff, like basically AI celebrities, essentially. And we've really almost started to see a little bit of this, like in terms of uh, Facebook, uh, not Facebook, but I don't even know where this happens. It's social media Instagram profiles. has some big How, do they AI have some? ones, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's super weird to me. Uh, <laughs> that you, you, could, you could follow uh, a fake person and their personality and whatnot. It reminds me of, I don't, I don't even remember what that movie was. Where the guy had a relationship with his, like AI. Oh yeah, yeah. Super weird. Uh, yeah, I don't. I can't remember. I the think name that's of it. where we're headed, though. You know. Oh, I mean, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, so it, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was just gonna say that that you were kind of talking about something, and it made me think about you know the 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 bad examples. Some of this can happen. So not only like deep fakes and, um, yeah. and misinformation kind of stuff, but also you think about it, you were talking about, um, someone who maybe doesn't speak English as a native language. Mm-hmm. That is maybe a signal for some people to like, Oh, am I being scammed or something? Which, you know, there's right. obviously also a lot of racism that happens in there, but, sure. but, um, but what, what happens, what can ha- conceivably happen now is like all these robo calls, you could create an AI system that then robocalls somebody, you know, and 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 it's not like, oh, this is just the elderly that are going to be susceptible right. to this. Everybody could, you know, and yeah. like, you you get a phone call and it's like, oh, hey, you know, you've got an issue with your bank account. I'm with you know X Y Bank, and I'm just calling to let you know. And then, you could even do it to where it talks to them for you. You know, it's like that. that that or, capability for harm is enormous. And again, the incentive there. Stuff like, I mean, not even, or it could be people you know. Like, hey, this is mom. <laughs> you know? Right. The stuff you can that learn you can, off of yeah. everything on- online from somebody's videos um, could easily generate, you would think, I don't say easy, I have no idea how easy this stuff is, um, an AI version of your mother that you're talking to on the phone. And they say, oh, I'm having this trouble. Can you send me some money, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and this could go so many just horrible directions. Yeah. And then you also think about, like, I mean, you were talking about the, the guy in the relationship, but you just described, I mean, we could eat. This stuff is, again, we're talking about, we're kind of mixing between what's available now versus what will be available in the, the future, if not near future. But you just described, like, talking to your mother. You could even see people wanting to be like, I'm going to create a version of myself that my family can talk to after I die. Oh God. You know, I mean like uh, there will be a market for that. Like I can, I can almost guarantee there will be a market for that and it won't be just your voice. You'll see them, you know? And like, there's just so many things that are going to be impacted in our brains. That's just, are not ready for that. Wrong. Yeah, I understand it, but it sounds wrong. <laughs> and that's the ethics of this stuff. Yeah. Like we, we do not have the ethical models today to like apply for some of this stuff, much less the legal um, models uh, and systems that we'll need. Cheers. But I, and I was even thinking about, you know, just this this whole theme of disruption. But you think about the legal field too, like writing um, cases and in. Uh, opinions and I just don't think anybody is quote unquote safe from this, you know, and, and, and I think it's, so here's my 
No, I'm going to wait for that. I'm going to wait. I've got a challenge for you, but I'll wait. I'll wait till we're nearer to the end to give you a challenge. But, um, but we're, so the, the, but this, this kind of ability to, to, to do so much harm again, but then like some of it with, with bad intent and some of it not, it's, it's very similar to other disruptions we've had in the past. So you think about all the stuff that's been happening with, with, social media um, and sort of criticism of it and all the bad things it's potentially doing to people's brains. But then people are also like, yeah, but I've kept in touch with friends. I never would have talked to you. Uh, you know, there's always like this, this dual nature to everything. And I'm sure this is going to be like that as well, but it's, it's, it's just crazy to kind of think about all the, the implications and, and the ways that it just is going to completely disrupt everything. Right. And I think the important thing to remember is with, with every single technological advancement, I'm sure if we were to go back to when it happened, the overwhelming sen sentiment would be a lot of negative about how it's going to kill jobs. It's like, how is this going to replace people? And it, and it does kill, I mean, it, I'm going to say it kills jobs. I mean, it, it's a specific position, the way it's always been done has, isn't going to be needed anymore, correct? But that doesn't mean that those people won't have anything to do. We've got to have, you've, you've got to leverage that technology, that advancement and not be left behind. Um, well, what if you don't have the ability to though? I mean, you can, again, we can make this argument throughout history, right? Um, is, you know, when we're talking about the coal industry, you know, the same, same kind of thing, you're moving in a different direction. Well, that's all I've done my whole life is work in the coal mines. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I mean, uh, that is difficult. And, and we're going to see similar jobs um, that are going to be impacted. And we're talking about all levels of jobs, white collar, blue collar, you name it, you know, um, that are impacted. And, you know, I think it's going to come down to how adaptable are you? Um, and truthfully, some people have the resources to be more adaptable. I think resources are going to help. Um, but uh, I think just being kind of at this edge, if you are right now, kind of following it, trying to understand it, um, you're ahead of a very large percentage of the population. You don't want to be the people who find out about this later or who resist it at every turn. Um, not to get doom and gloom, but I mean, I think that's just the way we have to look at this. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I agree with you on a lot of levels. I think it's also, it's kind of going back to this. Instead, so using my, you know, uh, example of a sports news outlet owner, the problem is, is that I think it's also by the nature of, of the way uh, resource concentration can occur it could make disparities even worse than they are right now. And yeah. the people, again, if I'm a station owner and I can invest in this thing and then eliminate the five people's jobs who are doing whatever, my incentive is to do that. If it's, if I, if the only thing I care about is making money. Sure. And so um, if you magnify that across essentially every potential industry, I'm just even thinking about this, like, medical field so 
I could describe my symptoms and there are systems that do this today, but in different ways, um, I could describe my symptoms and it's going to, you know, recommend to me a treatment. Now, do I want a computer to treat me? Probably not. However, there are going to be cases made that say, well, maybe it's better at doing that than yeah. a, a person who's only got a couple years of experience, whatever. There's always going to be these like cases made. That's why I say no industry is really necessarily safe. Uh, yeah. And that, but going back to the initial thing about just the, the, the disruption potentially being really impactful, especially for folks who don't have knowledge, training, ability, computer access, um, sure. I mean, ability to even interact with this stuff, like that's, that's the scary part of the scary part to me, because I think about how disparity has just become more and more marked over the past whatever years. And this has a potential to just make it a lot worse. There are always pockets of opportunity in there, of course, somebody who maybe did not have the ability to, to like we're talking about, maybe I'm not a really um, fluent speaker of English, but I can create my whole website now, you know, whatever it mm -hmm. may be. That There are, of course, going to be opportunities like that. But um, but I think there there is reason to be afraid of it. I think the, the challenge is, it's kind of like, well, what do you do? Can you stop it? Probably not, but well, maybe you can influence it. When you, when you mentioned the medical field, First of all, again, I've, I have one of my sons is going to be a surgeon. He's looking to be an orthopedic surgeon. And, but I, I think about that and I compare it to the self-driving car. Like in a lot of ways, sounds insane. Like why would you ever trust? Oh, no, I'm all uh, about it. <laughs> <laughs> why would you ever trust a computer to drive you? And like, oh, you know, computers have bugs and, you know, they malfunction and whatnot. People always, because I think, we're most concerned about being out of control, which right, right. I, I do, I do get uh, when it comes to that. Um, but it's also been proven, I think, uh, that accidents are drastically decreased as a result of self-driving cars. Well, you've got to think similar, similar with uh, surgery, even like, will we get to the point where I don't know what this looks like. I'm, 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 I'm visualizing a robot like R2-D2 doing a surgery, but, you know, where this is not necessarily done by a human, uh, it could be overseen by a human, but if you know that you've got something that's not going to get tired, it's going to be precise, won't shake, won't be distracted because whatever's going on in its life, because it doesn't have one, would you trust that or would you trust the human? I mean, it's going to be similar, similar things, right? You've got to train it to do everything properly and do it to do it right. But I assume we're heading in that direction, even for some of the most sensitive surgeries. Yeah. Scary. I don't see how not. Yeah. Again, I mean, I mean it, like, like we said, though, it, this is impacting everybody. So very high paying jobs as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Cheers. And I don't know what we do with that. I don't know. And I think that that's, but, but I think what I, I know you, you've kind of said it's almost overwhelming how it seems like this is a really important part of conversation, but I think it's a really important part of conversation. Like it's yeah. like, and, and I, I'm personally like, I'm just a little geeky, whatever I'm into it anyway. Um, and I love science fiction and, you know, I love like, um, 
thinking about all the possibilities. I think it's it's exciting at the same time. So I'm just like personally interested in it. But I also like like I'm I'm not other I know when we get on their podcast, you probably think I talk a lot. I don't really talk a lot normally. Um <laughs> and like I've been hanging out with some friends lately and like I'm doing 80% of the talking and it's That's usually funny. like, you know, five and, and, yeah. and it's because I can't stop talking about this stuff. And, yeah. and I think it's, it's, but it's also just really important to not like stick our heads in the sand no. and act like it's not happening because it's happening. And, and even people in our groups, you know, like they've said this, this generative stuff for text is not new. Like Jasper is um Jasper.ai is a common that, thing. That's that a built lot on GPT though, right? Uh, one, it's an older model of GPT, apparently, right. um, which is the chat GPT is the newer one. And then they're updating and all this stuff and apparently always update, you know. Uh, but yes, essentially like a similar machine learning model and that stuff. So it's it, that's an example. Just it's like it's not it's not. It's not going to go away. And I think I have. Like many folks, when I've initially seen some of this stuff, you, you think, oh, it's not so good or it's making mistakes. It's just doing that right now. Like everything is always getting better. So you can't like write stuff off if yeah. it's uncanny valley, if it's creepy, if it's got some errors, if it doesn't do exactly what you want. But I, I mean, ChatGPT, that's why I just tell everybody to interact with it because even if it gets it wrong, you can tell it. And right. it's like, oh, I'm, and it apologizes, by the way, which um, <laughs> I am like super friendly to this thing. I don't, there's this meme that shows like, uh, a, uh, robots taking over the world and and they're like killing everybody and there's this one they say not that one he said please and it's like <laughs> amazon uh, it's like the alexa has has yeah. morphed into this like killer robot but anyway i i do i say please to chat gpt <laughs> it feel, just Keep feels right yeah, yeah. <laughs> and but it, it it the the point is like if it gets it wrong you tell it and it will yeah it will incorporate that. And sometimes it's a little stubborn and you have to kind of push and you're like, you're still not quite doing what I asked you to do, but it's crazy. Like I've even asked it to just, you know, a lot of things like people don't realize it can generate code. It can check right. your code. It can help you write code. Yep. It can um, understand if, if your code isn't doing what you're kind of say, you're, you can say this, I'm trying to do this. Here's the code I'm using. It can say, well, here's how you can adjust that. It can generate tables. You know, you can, instead of having to go out and Google a lot of data, you can just say, can you build me a table of, you know, right. top, top 10 most populous countries, whatever, and put a row that has, uh, or a column that has their top 10 cities, whatever. You can ask it to do stuff like that. And it does. And, um, I don't even know why I got back on the chat GPT tangent, but I was thinking just this, this whole concept of, of just go, go use it is my point. Go, go yeah. interact with it. Don't stick your head in the sand, like try this stuff out at the same time, realize you're training it. You're helping it. Every interaction right. you have is, is, um, is feedback. So, but, but I just don't think you can, you can ignore it. No, I I feel like there's a million ways, million directions I can go even with that statement, and uh, I think we need to come start wrapping wrapping this up. So well, I've got your challenge. challenge. I've got yeah, your challenge. What's, what's yeah. challenge? So um, I know you've been doing a lot on TikTok and video and um, reels and short form video essentially, and you've been mm -hmm. using different channels for that. And and I feel like a. I'll take a little bit of credit for pushing you on that. So I'm going to oh, yeah. push you. Lots, on, lots of credit. Yes. I'm going to push you because I think this field, and I know you mentioned there's some great people like Rachel already doing um, great content, 
but your ability to kind of take complex fields and break them down into actionable steps of what does this mean for me? What do I do? We've talked a lot about what does your business look like in the future? You know, is it always going to be Facebook advertising? Is it going to be digital advertising? I think there's a a real content opportunity for you here. You've been doing it a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think, I don't, I don't, I'm, I don't know if you're going to be the AI person, but maybe um, I think at least incorporating this more. And I know, like you, like I said, you've been doing it already. I would just say my challenge to you is to really lean into that um, because mm-hmm. I think it's it's something that a lot of people are going to be mystified by, especially in the near term. And the the challenge with that is it's also it's changing quickly enough that it's easy to continue to be mystified. But there's a lot of parallels between that and the way that you have to even keep up with the digital ads industry today always changing there's new stuff is it going to be better is it going to be worse there's automation there but does it do what i want it to do how much mm-hmm. human checking should should be involved how much do i trust the computer like there's a lot of parallels between the way you approach content and what this could be no i, I appreciate that push i think um just by making that push and it, look this is something i've been thinking about as well and the truth is that this is this presents a dilemma that i'm not the only one cons- thinking about right um, I think there are a lot of people thinking about, should I, should I venture in this direction instead, which is dangerous, right? So I've been, I've been talking primarily about Facebook ads for the last 11 years. I, I really like to talk about entrepreneurship stuff. So there's a point where I was like, oh, I would love to you know, go in that direction and just talk about entrepreneurship, which is more evergreen and, and something that I don't have to worry about you know, to technology going away or whatever. And then I start. Oh, now I'm doing all this short form video. I should talk about short form video, and you know that's something that everybody needs to start doing more of. So I'm going to start creating some of that that uh, content as well. Now we've got ChatGPT. The problem becomes, I'm, I've t- I'm talking about all these separate things. It's dangerous to to water yourself down. Like I feel like I, eventually I've got to pick a lane, and just go with it. I, I think I just got really really lucky with the Facebook ads lane. Um, that I chose it. It wasn't entirely strategic at first until about a year in, year into it, where I'm like, oh yeah, advantage, advanced Facebook ads made a whole lot of sense. I'm really glad I did that. Um, you know, does is my can I do these other lanes in addition to Facebook ads and still retain a certain notoriety, or do you have to have a single lane? That's that's the part I really struggle with. Do you know the answer to that? <laughs> no, you should ask ChatGPT though. Um, but, <laughs> but I well, I think at some point some of this is going to be almost forced on you because yeah. I mean, going back to the, some of the earlier conversation about the disruption of the internet as it exists today, changing is going right. to change the way that you think about like content. And and the the short form video was a, a lot of that. You were already doing that, right? Because you were kind of moving your content with in line with the way that people were consuming content. Mm -hmm. And I think this is just another way to kind of think about that. And so it doesn't, and it doesn't have to be broadly about like all the AI industry, you know, it's about AI industry impacts on advertising and AI impacts on selling entrepreneurship, even, you know, like there are, there are ways that it can still loop back, but I hear what you're saying. And I completely appreciate that because, but it's it's also kind of like what I was saying at the beginning. I don't think this is a shiny toy thing. Like no, I don't it's not. think this it's is 
um, this is like going to be something that's going to go away, of course. But I also don't think it's necessarily a distraction because I think it's actually going to be fundamentally important to the way business is done. And you've kind of got that thread that's always been common through your Facebook ad stuff because a lot of people, they get focused on do I, when do I run this ad or that ad or this target or that target? And a lot of times you're just like, what are you trying to accomplish? You know, like you're, you're kind of like taking it back to the baseline of right. how do you do what you need to do for whatever your business organization, whatever it may be. And I think that is very applicable to a lot of this stuff because people are going to get distracted by all the shiny stuff that's coming out. That's sort of on the peripheral of all these things. Do I need to go create a digital avatar of myself that can answer questions on my website? Probably mm -hmm. not. Right. So like, but maybe <laughs> you look interested in that. But uh, but that's the kind of thing that um, but that I think you're thinking of through that and your ability to kind of help people think about what that means for themselves is super applicable here. No, I think it I think it makes a lot of sense, honestly, um, like even when we talk about the short form video topic, I think that's a dangerous lane to choose to be entirely focused on. This is how you do short form video. Because what's the next format going to be? It, it, it might not be short form video in a, a couple of years, whatever it is. Just like Facebook is still dangerous. Like we have, I, I think we've, we've peaked. Facebook ads industry has already passed its peak. Don't really know where it's going to be five, 10 years from now. Um, so it's still many, many millions of advertisers and billions of users and billions of dollars. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's dangerous, but not right. right. Uh, but yeah. anytime, anytime, uh, you hang your hat on a company that's dangerous. Whereas ChatGPT, I mean, ChatGPT is hanging your hat on a company, but the AI technology is not. Um, that's something that's going to move forward regardless of it's, whether it's open AI or somebody else. So I think you've got something there. Um, what I do with that, we'll see. Uh, but no, I appreciate the push. Yeah, and thanks for the the kind of like setting aside this time to talk about this topic because I've been looking forward to this conversation. I think we'll probably have others in the future yeah. about this, um, even if it's not on here, but you know, just between us. But the, there's, I mean, it's just, it's, it's a crazy world. And this, again, going back to our advice, my advice anyway, I think you agree with this, your homework, go use chat GPT if you haven't. Mm -hmm. Don't stick your head in the sand. And think about creative ways. Let us know too, by the way, if you've got kind of a unusual usage, especially if you think it's really relevant for advertising and you haven't really seen it talked about, I would love to hear about it. So whether you're in PhD groups or sending messages into John, um, yeah. I'd be super interested to see what everybody's up to. Absolutely. And I think you're absolutely right though, too. Just get into the app because the truth is like the overwhelm that's happening right now with so many articles and posts and videos and everything written about chat GPT, so much of it is them experiencing this for the first time and sharing what they're, they're, they're learning with you yeah. or their very limited experience as much of people are experts at, with having very limited experience with it. Just use it, get creative. You may ask it a question that no one else has asked and get some crazy response out of it. I think in a way going in with the, a completely beginner's mind is powerful and you're not thinking about okay this is a list of all the prompts i should use i'm just going in and, and push the boundaries of can it do this we'll find out yeah and it's it may be cool. by the time you listen to this podcast it's no longer free and you can't use it oh. <laughs> so sorry if that's the case 
Um, but there will probably be that by that time, there will be some version that somebody else has created that is either free or ad supported or whatever it may be. So just, I guess, if, if it's come to that point, go use something that's like that. Go just interact with one of these new systems. It just feels like a bad idea. I mean, we, we, that's, that's a whole other tangent. Like, I feel yeah. like it needs to be free for some time uh, in these early days. But hey, I guess we'll find out. We'll find out. Anything else? Nope. That was great. Yeah, well, thanks so much for joining me, Luke, and uh, for everyone listening. I mean, this is a, it's a scary, exciting topic, as, as we've been saying, but it's one that uh, we've got to pay attention to. So even your beginner level, which I truly feel uh, right now, I think most of us are, uh, don't be intimidated. Jump in. Try it out. It's, it's actually kind of cool. Uh, share with us what, what you're finding as well. Let us know if you have any questions. If this is a topic you want to hear more about, drop me a line. Uh, info at johnlimmer.com. You might get me, you might get Luke. Um, but uh, yeah, this is exciting. So thanks again, Luke. Happy uh, to be here. Thanks a lot. Yeah, we'll be back again soon. Until next time, do awesome things. I'm out.